Welcome to Wishful Drinking, candid conversations about life, community, and sometimes coffee. I'm your host, Lauren Rowe, and on behalf of the Foundry Coffee House, we're glad you're here. So pour yourself a drink. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to Wishful Drinking. I'm Lauren Rowe. I'm your host here at the Foundry Coffee House. And today uh, we have a special guest by the name of Casey Williams. Gentleman here in Tyler, rocks the Pumas. Allergic to some shellfish yeah. and peanuts. Yeah. So, uh, Casey runs a business called Avenue Speak. Um, I think it's fascinating. Um, I love what he's doing, and so I think it'd be a great opportunity for you to share a little bit about who you are, how you got to where you are, and why you do what you do. Is that a question? Is that the question? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, Avenue Speak is a public speaking endeavor that I have founded, formed, curated, mm-hmm. yada, 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 whatever, right? Um, it's three particular services. It's a service called Drum Talk. It's a service called Go to Your Room and Write This Down. It's another service called King Avenue Mentoring. Mm-hmm. And Drum Talk is infused with a curriculum called Trap Learning, which is the Rhythm Arts Project, which is found by a guy in California. But uh, Drum Talk is discussing communication barriers, dynamics, practices, mm-hmm. all things communication, but it's tapped into mental health and physical health barriers and ailment and disabilities as well. So in short firm form, it's drumming is life and drumming is healing. Okay. Go to your room and write this down is the name of my writing workshop just basically attached to the idea of whenever I would go home or leave a workspace and I was feeling just a little bit stressed out and I needed a release, Mm -hmm. I found myself journaling in a particular room that allowed me to be not distracted by things that did not exist or did not need to exist. Mm. So I just titled that thing, go to your room and write this down. I love it. King Avenue Mentoring is my adolescent male mentoring program. I come and I schedule time to meet with my client and their parent and their guardian and whatever social dynamics that are involved. If it's brother, sister, mother, daughter, father, son, best friend, whatever, Mm -hmm. they're all involved in the mentoring process. That's awesome. Right. Um, There's a lot of collateral information that is involved into (laughs) it. Um, I use a lot of my counseling background within it as well. As, okay. I mean, because I, I do work at Cinecore, I've been involved in chemical dependency counseling for the last, this is crazy, mm-hmm. for the last like nine years. Dang. So, so chemical dependency counseling? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I've been in that thing for the last like nine years of my life. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. But in a nutshell, that's what Avenue Speak is. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, my my primary interaction with it has been through the drum talk um, mm. at our uh, was it technically our garden party or yeah yeah it was our garden party yeah, yeah it was this past uh, mm-hmm. fall yeah. um, and so brought a whole bunch of hand drums yeah. had a real led a real interactive experience talk to me a little bit about how that's how that is healing why it's so important for mental health why it's cool man it, it's wonderful what I typically tell people is drum talk looks like a big old drum circle mm-hmm. but the goal and intention and purpose is to advocate for every mental health barrier mm-hmm. and every physical health and ailment that may exist in your life mm-hmm. so what I'm doing is I'm teaching you in 
this is awesome. So mm-hmm. each drum that I have has a name. Right, right. But there's like 25 of them. Well, actually, I think at this point, there may be like 32 of them mm-hmm. that I have. And every 32 of them, each one has a name. So then what I, if I'm doing it with kids, what I do, the first thing is I'm going through the list of the names of each drum, but then I'm also trying to engage and remember each one of their names as well, mm-hmm. which is also a challenge for me as it is for them to remember the names of my drums and the names of them. Mm-hmm. So then there's a lot of memorization that's associated with it. There's a lot of practicing of communication barriers because I go through call and response practices mm-hmm. with them of what it looks like to just do basic drumming patterns and basic drumming practices. Mm-hmm. It's attached to colors and sound and pronunciation. So then I have sounds that are pronounced with each mm-hmm. rhythm that is played. There's color connection mm-hmm. where each beat is connected with a color or each sound or each number is connected with a color. Mm-hmm. So then there's motor skill that is, a, that is attached to as well where motor skills advancement. When you dive into drumming, man, it, it gets real deep because you have left brain, right brain engagement. Oh, yeah. You have... Uh, blood circulation, you have the decrease of, or the increase of IL-4, which is the chemical that fights off inflammatory processes that exist in your body naturally. Yeah. It just, it, go, it goes deep. Yeah. It goes so deep. Yeah. I've been drumming for 20 years and I have never really attached it to, I've never really yeah. thought through why I love it so much or why I'm drawn to it, yeah. especially when things are stressful or when, you know, things are out of my control. Yeah. I've never really considered why I'm drawn to that. Man, and, and it's, for me, it's it's cool, Lauren, because, you know, I mean, like, we went to school together, and so, like, right. I've known you from drumming, and so we mm-hmm. kind of know each other in this space of Tyler, and so it, it's wild how we got, got reconnected mm-hmm. here at the Foundry whenever I just randomly saw you that one day. Right. And our background of knowing each other is through drumming. Yeah. Yeah, so for you guys who don't know, we, um, much like Justin, our first guest, also went to high school with Casey. Um, we were on the drum line together, mm-hmm. uh, on the cymbal line, yeah. and <clears throat> that's kind of how we got started. And then um, I didn't see you for 15 years. Yep. And then last year, I just walked into the foundry one day, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Yep. It was late <laughs> last year, too, yeah. right? It was like maybe, what, November or something, or October Probably, yeah, or when you were like first that. moving back here yeah. Uh, yeah. to Tyler, so. yeah. But what kind of what kind of sparked that move to come back to Tyler? Because you've been in Nacogdoches for a while. I'd been in Nacogdoches for like six years, um, and man, I just I, I believe the seasons happen, mm-hmm. and I just needed a change. I, I moved here because I started working at Cinecore, mm-hmm. and much like when I lived in Nacogdoches or deep East Texas area versus East Texas. And I just started trying to connect and do social service work with the people. And I really wanted just Avenue Speak to have a name mm-hmm. in East Texas as well as it did mm-hmm. in Deep East Texas. And it's just kind of what happened. It's right? kind of the place to, they chained it up. Yeah. What? This is a, it's a very specific, I know there's a lot that you do with, mm. you know, the writing, with the music, with the counseling. Um, yeah, yeah. But it all seems to kind of fall within the same vein. Mm-hmm. Um, what led you to that? Why? What, what, what fill in the gap between we were on drumline together too. now you're a chemical um, and dependency counselor and a public speaker and a mentor mm. and like 
I, I feel like that's, there's I feel like there's a lot of things that filled in that gap. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, because you have to give everything. I know uh, it was a long, long we'll, many years. We'll, we'll hit some bullet points. <laughs> all right. All I right. mean, because you know, if, if you want to start from the age of two, my mom allowed me to play pots and pans instead of uh, instead of just saying getting frustrated with me playing her pots and pans mm-hmm. and then taking them away. She literally gave me a space to play them every single day. She was like, "These are yours for an hour." To the struggle of dealing with and overcoming what it looks like to walk every single day with my flat feet, hence mm-hmm. the Puma connection and what that means to me in my life, mm-hmm. to um, just moving to Dallas and then going to school for music production and sound engineering after high school mm-hmm. and overcoming what that looks like and being introduced to the world of substance abuse and mental health through going through depression and anxiety and DJing and rave clubs and seeing people having suffered really poor consequences through making really bad decisions and then just being attached to that world differently yeah. than a person would just involve themselves in the substance abuse and able to pull myself out through mentorship of other people. And that's the connection with mentorship for me is realizing Mm. how important that was for my life Mm. and realizing that I probably would have been in such a poor place if I had not received mentorship Mm -hmm. in some way from somebody somehow. How how did you find someone in that situation? Like, were you, were you, they found I know me. When I'm not in a good place. They, I, my first thought is not to go they, to somebody else. They found me. I didn't yeah. find anybody. Yeah. I found nobody on mm-hmm. purpose whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They they literally right place wrong right, right place right time. Yeah. God's timing, divine intervention on all of those things. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't really know, man. It's it's a godsend. I mean, there's like story <laughs> after story after story. Yeah. About just having conversation and having fellowship. Whether it be pointed or not pointed by me, you know, yeah. it's just it's interesting how um, it's interesting how God uses people when we least expect it, mm-hmm. and how yeah. like often when <clears throat> we're, we're we're running, whether consciously or not, mm-hmm. like in like I know in my mm-hmm. experience, like I haven't consciously run away from the church or people, but yeah. I've subconsciously put up barriers and yeah, yeah. you know tried to like keep people at an arm's length yeah. and then inevitably someone comes around and just busts right through that wall and you don't really get a choice but to be mentored by them mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's so life giving when you least expect it I guess because yeah. you think you have life you think you know what you're doing yeah. and you, you don't you have no you clue don't. man you, you know nah. <laughs> and so it's I think it's really beautiful how, how God uses that community around us to, to bring us the life we didn't realize we needed, I guess. Man, and and talk about the word community. So I have this spelling of the word community. Can I share it with you? By all means. And I I got slack for this for when I introduced it. Okay. I don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) I just felt it is lowercase, uppercase C, no, lowercase C, lowercase O, lowercase M. Mm -hmm. Capital U, capital N, capital I, capital T, capital Y. Okay. Every single time, even if it was in the beginning of a sentence, Mm -hmm. I never capitalized it. Okay. The emphasis was on the unity. Yeah. Nothing else. Mm -hmm. You can flip it any other way that you wanted to or whatever. And I would often get asked, it's like, why do you spell that like that? The true answer is for marketing, you're asking me about it. And I have (laughs) the opportunity now to talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. But the real reason is because 
community for me is love. It is your intention of loving and serving. Mm -hmm. It's not the idea of waiting in a place for somebody to connect to. It's the idea of getting off your butt and being intentional about how you love and serve other people. Mm -hmm. But in reality, I want to have the conversation with you about what that looks like as opposed to being dormant about it. Yeah. So it's a little instigator of a, yeah. con of a conversation, I guess. And yeah. A little conversation starter. Yeah. Man, yeah, I love that. It's, yeah. yeah. The Calm unity is the emphasis. Unity. Yeah. 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 Man, it's, it's neat seeing, um, I know you've been here, <clears throat> what, like, I guess a year or maybe six months, something <clears throat> like that here in Tyler. Um, like eight, <clears throat> I think. Yeah. Eight. We've been here six years, I think, is when we first moved back to Tyler. And seeing the development of of the town and of like the community within it's crazy. here, it's it's awesome. That's crazy. Because um, coming from, so I obviously we grew up in Longview, but we yeah. lived in Dallas. My wife and I lived in Dallas for a number of years, and right. um, the lack of community was so strong. We had mm. a few close friends who we loved, but um, there wasn't anything like what's going on mm. here. And so when we were thinking about moving back. Um, you know, a good friend of ours lived here and he was like, no, you don't understand. Like you need to come to downtown Tyler. This is like, God is doing great things. There's mm. so much rich community here. This is where you need to be. And I was like, yeah, I yeah. just, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, coming from Dallas yeah. and, you know, we're thinking about moving somewhere else. And yeah. he's like, no, you, like, just trust me, just come. And so we came and then, um, he was like, he was at the time working at the foundry. And so, you know, talking about the foundry and what the foundry is, and um, it got me excited. And we're like, all right, we'll come, but we're not going to go to downtown Bethel. We're not going, you know, like, because my wife grew up at South Bethel, and she was like, we need a little bit of separation from the family that already lives here. Um, we need less unity is what we told ourselves. And then, sure enough, we visit once, and, you know, six years later, yeah, one yeah. staff here, and we're, we've been working, you know, <laughs> been going here for six years. We're deeply right. integrated into what's going on because because people just busted through our walls mm -hmm. and we're like, no, stop telling yourself these lies. Yeah. Like there are good things happening here. Yep. Just be open to it. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to be a member of downtown Bethel, although that would be awesome. Um, what I'm saying is there are pockets of community all over Tyler that are doing really excellent things and yeah. be open to it. I didn't want to move back to East Texas either when I lived yeah. in Dallas. Mm -hmm. I'd like, I was given no choice really I had kind of ran out of resources or really just kind of didn't I didn't explore my resources to the best of my ability mm -hmm. and so I had lost the idea identity or the awareness that they existed so mm -hmm. through that I had no choice but to come back my, one of my mentors who I did not expect to be my mentor right mm -hmm. kicked me in my butt and said come back and I was like no he was like no come back he was like no he told me he said you're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to call me you're going to say okay I need to come back and that is exactly what happened yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah man I'm so glad that he did I guess <laughs> I don't know I mean I, I definitely wouldn't be here so yeah. I mean I I definitely don't believe that things are coincidence, so mm -hmm. I can't complain, man. Yeah. I can't complain. I probably would have not, Avenue Speak probably would not be a thing, and mm -hmm. if it is a thing, I don't know what it would look like. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I got gotcha. you. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, 
I often think those things. Like, mm. what if we hadn't come back? What if yeah. we had moved to Colorado or Spain yeah. or somewhere crazy, you know? Like, yeah. life I mean, would be nothing like I, what it is. I mean, Mark seems to think everybody that moves to Tyler will live in Colorado at some point in time, <laughs> vice versa. He thinks there's this magical connection. Or you know, it seems that way. I know so thing. many people who have viewed Colorado as the Holy Grail or the promised land and then they go and they're like this isn't so great sounds blasphemous <laughs> I don't know about that well you know that's, that's often it's, explained that's how they feel but, yeah that's exactly how they feel. But I my don't wife know. lived in northern Colorado for a while and so we've got family up there yeah. but yeah. I'm really glad we didn't move up there yeah. so sorry Gary if you're listening yeah. well, uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh man so so tell me a little bit about the mentoring end of things. How do you find clients? How do you, who do you reach out to specifically? Like who, if someone wants to be mentored by Casey Williams, what does that look like? Who is your, who's your demographic that you're going after? My demographic typically is any male from the age of 13 to 28. Okay. All right. Uh, Real formative years. Yeah, you know? I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't want to mentor anybody that is older than me. I don't, I don't yeah. really feel like that makes sense for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are those are my age groups, and okay. I really love mentoring with people that parents recommend them because mm-hmm. obviously I can get parents involved. I can get dad involved, mom involved. I can get brother, sister, whatever involved. Mm-hmm. If girlfriend is around, I can get girlfriend around. Whatever that means. If boyfriend is around, I can get boyfriend around, right? Yeah. Whatever that looks like. Mm. And so those for me are always a different journey than an mm. individual that is older and is an adult and lives on their own. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, it literally is a lot of times just goal searching, goal searching, goal searching, seeking after goals. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But at some point, it can get a little redundant, mm-hmm. and it can get a little, you don't need me right now. Yeah. You've got this. This is the roadmap. Mm-hmm. Like I was here go, for a season. It's yeah, time to... Go yeah. fly. Okay. Right. With kids that get preferred by their parents, it's like I get to sit in a portion of their journey to where I'm in the gap. Mm-hmm. And I really, and I get to be really instrumental in what their life and their new creation of foundation looks like. Yeah, and that to me is humbling. It's like it allows me to be encouraged in a way that is really intentional yeah. for their life and for their growth. Um, yeah, and so they typically find me. Yeah, and I, I don't really know that I search for people. I promote that I'm here. Mm-hmm. But they typically find me. Yeah. That's. Yeah, and I mean, and it's like all of East Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I do some over Zoom mm-hmm. mentorship as well. So if it's if you live out of East Texas, even in Dallas, deep East Texas, if you live in Houston or whatever, mm-hmm. you can still get this still mentorship. Not, yeah. yeah, you can yeah. still get this mentorship. I will meet with you two times a month over Zoom. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to schedule an in-person once a month or whatever, we can figure out what that looks like as well. Yeah. Um, if you are in East Texas or anywhere close to East Texas, I meet with you in person two times a month. Mm-hmm. And what I do when I sit at home is I spend time looking at podcasts that I want to send to you. We spend time looking at book recommendations, things that make sense. We Like mm-hmm. I craft out the plans and I craft yeah. out what makes sense. Yeah. Unique to each family situation. And mm-hmm. I love the idea of 
not just speaking with the child or, you know, the well, individual does, because there's does, so much more to their yeah, life. There's, it does no good yeah. because in reality, like, a, like in all <laughs> circumstances, the reason why that child is the way that they are mm-hmm. is not of that, is that child's flourishing by themselves. Mm-hmm. It is because of the things that you have taught them, but you don't know you taught them that. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times you don't know that or you don't know what you've taught them or you're sitting there Mm -hmm. struggling because you know you've taught them something improper, but you don't know what it is or you don't know where it comes from. And he doesn't know how to tell you that. Yeah. So then I allow them to know that they have a voice and say, look, this is what happened. It makes me irritated. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about this? What does this look like? Mm -hmm. Where do I go from this? Where do we go from this? Where do you go from this as my parent? What does this look like? Yeah. That sounds very healthy from a family situation because we all, no matter how great our parents are, we still have baggage. We still have, you know, disagreements. There's still something. Yeah, man. It could be the greatest. everybody. It could be the most (laughs) celebrated parent in the world. But that parent could have said something like, Turn your feet like this when you do the push-ups. You might have attached it to something that happened whenever you were in school, whenever somebody bullied you, and you can't let go. Yeah. You don't know how to tell your parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being, being that advocate for them, that's, mm-hmm. that's powerful, man. Yeah, so because it's like now you don't know how to tell your parents. You look at other things, and maybe now you are using cocaine. You're using methamphetamine. You're using fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Fentanyl. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce that anymore because I've, I I've I got corrected both. on a yeah. phone conversation <laughs> I had yesterday. Is like I said fentanyl, and she was like, "No, Casey, I think it's fentanyl. Look at it." And my mom's a speech pathologist, so I looked at it and I was like, "Dang, that looks like it could be pronounced fentanyl." <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah, works for me either direction. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was yeah, a cool conversation. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting the things we turn to. Yeah. Man, when we don't know how to process the things from our past. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I know counseling has been transformative for me. Um, and I don't think there's, at least growing up in the church, I feel like there was often a lot of, not like vocal, like mm. direct shame upon it, but like, a, oh, we don't talk about, you know, like, oh, you're not in a good place. You know, what's going on? What's wrong? Mm. It's like, well, everyone's got something wrong, but... Mm. Then when you, but then when you say what's wrong, you get shut down. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think there needs to be that stigma with mm-hmm. regard to seeking help with mentorship yeah, or with counseling. It's been, yeah, dude. you know, like I, for a long time, I told myself, like, I don't need counseling. I'm not, I'm not that bad. No. And then, that's, <laughs> then when, my, that's when you need it. Exactly. That's when you need it before it gets that bad. Yeah. And we need people right. in our lives, like some good friends of mine who are like, man, you're in crisis. Like you need to talk to your counselor. Yeah, like, dude. You're right. I do. Yeah. And it's just that little nudge of you know, someone who's been there and, um, man, thank you for being that advocate for people and for providing that help. That's oh man, it's, it's, I'm supposed to, I'm like, it. I'm like, I am supposed to, I have realized in my life. So mm. when I worked in, um, in Lufkin, mm-hmm. right. Um, I know I said I wasn't going to dive into my substance abuse too much, but it's, it's so intertwined and connected. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, I worked at this place called the Alcohol and Drug Abuse Council of Deep East Texas, and it's okay. in Lufkin. It sits on the corner of Frank and Rogay. And it's like, and it's important for me to say that because if you know Frank and Rogay is like off downtown, but kind of the mega center of in between what is hood, what is not hood. So it's like mm-hmm. in between what is drug infested and what is not drug infested. And they do that on purpose. Like in most 
communities, substance abuse facilities sit in the hood or sit in places to where drugs traffic mm -hmm. back and forth pretty frequently, right? Okay. And so um, I've, wor I've worked there for the last six years prior to like July, right? Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot of time sitting in clients' houses, providing home visit sessions for family counseling. And man, just learning and being able to be forced to dive into that just confirmed with me how important it is for me. And, and I'm gonna say this in all honesty, most kids in this world want to be, are influenced by black or African-American culture. Mm -hmm. And so realizing that truth is, was really important for me because it's like, man, I sit in a role of somebody who understands you as a person that's younger than me and then wants to bring you up to the people who don't understand you that are older than me and be able to bridge that gap between those two age groups because a lot of times there is judgment from the older population to the younger population saying, oh, these kids, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, which makes the, you know? Yeah, which makes the kids say, I ain't trying to listen to you old head, yada, you know what yeah. I mean? And so there's the barrier there. Mm -hmm. So that's where I humbly sit in that gap as a person that is 34 years old and is African-American and is open enough to rock nappy, freeform dreadlocks and not mm. care. Yeah. I don't know what the dreadlocks have to do with that. I just like to say that. Oh, they look cool. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. man, that's, yeah, I think that's, I think that's powerful, man. So, I think those, I'm sure those have been some powerful conversations to be a part of and, yeah. It makes us who we are, you know? Yeah. Those those situations and all the places we've worked and the things that we've seen and the conversations we've had. So, yeah, man, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, man, thank you for, for having this conversation. Thanks for diving deep with me. And um, is there anything else, any other, anything else on your heart? Mm-mm. Man. Cool. No. Well, if people are trying to find you, if... Uh, you know, how, how can they find you online? Where can they find you? What, what Ave, resources? Avenuespeak.com. There's mm -hmm. Avenuespeak is on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Avenuespeak is on Facebook. There you are. Yeah, yeah. Phone numbers on there. Emails on there. All that. Perfect. Yeah. And if it's Friday, you're probably here eating pie. So we'll uh, track we, you down. I'm probably here <laughs> often. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm here often. I love it. Yeah. Well, man, Casey, thank you so much for being here again. Um, yeah. It's a great time. Um, yeah. Look forward to continuing the conversation. For so, sure. Thanks, Lord. Thanks, hey, thank you guys for joining us today. Um, there's more where that came from. Casey's podcast will be live on Spotify. Obviously, you're hearing this. You've already listened to the whole podcast, so that's nothing you need to know. But um, we will be recording some more and look forward to it. 